0: Ah yes, I see the hips moving and the waist doing some rather interesting uh, twists and turns. (laughs) That was Ramsey Lewis and the Ramsey Lewis Trio with the very famous recording "Wade in the Water." And I'm sure you know by now that Ramsey Lewis died, and we lost another giant of jazz and music generally. This is Lead Stories. I'm Latrice Lead, and you'll have to pardon me today with the uh, less than uh, pristine air quality because there's a lot of running around here, construction and Lots of things are happening, and literally, I've had to find a little corner of the planet to sit down and reach out to you and have us reconnect. Uh, This was slated, but the pandemonium was not. So, but we'll start. We'll start today. This is Lead Stories. I'm Beatrice Lead, and happy. To be back with you once again, uh, we were kind of disconnected with each other, uh, or disconnected from each other for a while. The station and its very adept technic- technocrats uh, had found several things wrong when they started to fix. the the problem they thought existed but it wasn't a problem it was a series of problems and it would have made no sense just tackling one thing that they thought was wrong and all these other things uh, were going you know putting the station in a mode that didn't sound right so they concentrated on getting us back our sound. Uh, It took a lot of time because they literally had to chase down wires, which wire connected to another wire. (laughs) You know, the leg bone connected to the thigh bone. They had to do a lot of that. And uh, with a great deal of patience and perseverance and of course technical know-how, It was a slow process, much slower than they ever anticipated, but here we are. We're back on the air and doing what we love to do, which is to engage with you and to get back in gear. There's so many things happening in the world, and we need to have our say about them as well. So that's my little introduction. I thank those of you. So many people uh, made phone calls to me and sent me notes, and many people were worried, uh, not just about me, but is something happening at the station? Are people leaving? And all kinds of rumors started sprouting. Well, none of them uh, have any merit. the fact is that uh, from a technical point of view, a technological point of view, um, when you unearth a problem, you literally have to chase it down wire by wire in order to get things back on par. And we are very fortunate to have a staff uh, that, themselves are not satisfied with less than great sound. And so they worked long and hard. And I personally feel the need to kind of give them a, a long distance hug and tell them thanks so much for the work you put in to get us back. Not just as we were, but even better and to get us back into the, the business of serving our community. I thank those of you who sent me uh, letters and, and quick notes and, and attempted to make phone calls to me. Uh, I thank you so much. I really do. But okay, we're back together, and that is the greatest news of all. Now that we're back together, let's do some talking. Let's see what your thinking is about the issues of the day. First of all, what do you consider as being among the issues of the day that you think warrant closer inspection and attention? 888-874-4888 888 874 is the number to call. 888 874 We should have no uh, empty space today. We should have the, 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 the wires humming, singing uh, with the good news that we're back. We're delighted to be back. We're happy to be back. But we also, uh, we, we know we are facing a lot of catch up time <laughs> Got to catch up. So what are you thinking, uh, the issues of the day, what matters to you that you want to put out there for our consideration? I also want to tell you that the, uh, on my end, I can't find my headphones. So I have to do a little juggling here and then conduct, uh, you know, an intensive reconnoitering to locate my headphones. I I usually have at least six to eight pairs of headphones, but not today. Um, Fate has decided to give me a little extra, something extra to worry about. But let's know, I'm looking out uh, to find the uh, notes that are sent to me and that will keep me abreast of what the traffic is like, who's calling in and what they want to talk about if they know. 888-874-4888. the big news, of course, is that, uh, Queen Elizabeth, the late Queen Elizabeth, everybody's talking about Elizabeth, but we have lots of talk to, to talking to do. Where you are. Are you, are you on with us, Henry? Oh, hello. Yes. Yes. Can Hi. We can talk a little bit louder.
1: Okay. Uh, is this better? <laughs> Yeah, it's better. Okay. How are you, Chief. How are you doing?
2: I'm okay, Henry. And how
0: about
1: you? How's your family? Everybody's good. Everybody's good. Uh, glad to hear you back on the air again. <laughs> um, we, yeah. We kind of we kind of lost. Uh, I know. I, I had I had stopped listening to the live show in June because I was in New Orleans. I was getting replays of you. you know, come fine. on. You in New Orleans? Hanging out and dancing, that's what, that's, yeah. those are the I'm, reports I got. Yeah, I wish it was like that all, all through my time, but, but then all of a sudden it was like in July I stopped getting the recordings and I was like, okay, what happened?
0: Is she on vacation? No, we, 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 but our really capable technicians found the problem. It took a lot. For them to trace every wire that they could see, uh, and to find its origins and where it connects to, before we, this this sort of issue of of uh, not having sound.
1: Well, you know, uh, I guess while you're gone, I and mean, you had recently played uh, Chicago legend Randy Lewis' uh, yes. song before, and you know we. You know, Chicago has taking a lot of hits uh, in regards to uh uh people. Uh I know we recently lost uh, uh Dr. Ava Muhammad of the Nation yes. of Islam. Uh we lost uh, um, uh we lost another uh, uh, uh local local historian Harold Lucas. Um he's a he's a Chicago historian as well and and several others I can't think of right now, but um, yeah, I, I I I thought that was very appropriate with uh, Ramsey Lewis, and I wanted to bring something up uh, in regards to what uh, is uh, at least here in in Illinois, but it seems to be getting a lot of attention around the nation, and this is this new uh, uh, Illinois safety act that's supposed to be going into effect on January 1st, 2023. And it's supposedly a criminal reform law. Oh,
0: yet another criminal reform act. Okay.
1: Yes. Yes. It's a criminal reform act uh, that is, is basically, uh, uh, getting rid of the cash bail. Um,
0: yes. I uh, was reading about that.
1: Yes. So, um, for, for anybody who doesn't know, the cash bail is basically, um, you know, if somebody's charged with a crime, uh, a judge uh, has the discretion, you know, depending on what the crime is, uh, to offer um, bail to people that, you know, that's, that can afford to get out of jail uh, if they pay 10% or whatever it is with, with, with any state. However, Illinois is going to be the first state, to get rid of cash bail. So this is an interesting development here because, uh, as people in New York knows, uh, the Khalif Browder story, um, he was incarcerated, uh, for three years for a crime. He was accused of, of theft. And apparently his family was unable to pay the $3,000, uh, bail that was set to him. And he was uh he was unfortunately imprisoned in Rikers Island for three years and uh he was finally released after lack of evidence, but unfortunately, uh Mr. Browder had uh committed suicide because the time in Rikers Island was so depressing that you know he he just, you know, committed suicide, from what I've understood of the story. But uh this has this has caused um some interesting developments here because it, it, it seems like the Republicans have taken advantage of this because they've been sending these uh, political dog whistles about, you know, if Illinois gets rid of cash bail and they're going to be releasing 400 criminals on the streets, uh, it's going to be what they call the purge and all these criminals are going to run wild in Chicago and Illinois uh, just killing people because of the fact that, uh, Illinois has, uh, you know, uh, has stopped cash bail options. And I know I interrupt what, you, but
0: what's the word that is missing from your presentation so far?
1: Hmm. <laughs> um, that, that's a good one. What, tell me what, what is missing? Black
0: people. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was get, I was
1: getting to that. I was getting <laughs> okay, to that. Okay, go right ahead. Go right ahead. But yeah. but but basically it, it's all about you know, it's all about um uh the uh, criminals being released on the streets because uh the unfortunate statistic uh here in Illinois particularly is even though we are fifteen percent of the Illinois population, we hold in the jail cells uh sixty percent of prisoners uh, who are black. And apparently this is uh this uh, this scare tactic by Republicans is is trying to frighten voters. Uh well they can't frighten voters because this is a, a law that was passed by the Illinois Assembly two years ago. So it's gonna go into effect. But this whole alarm about it being the purge about a whole bunch of criminals that's going to be released is not true. So anything you say, anything you hear on social media about, you know, uh, this law is going to be releasing criminals is not true. I suggest people to, uh, if they want to read the 750 page document, that's fine. But I, I would suggest people to at least do a word search in these documents, which I have done. I've read about a hundred pages of it, but you know, I did word searches on it and to see whatever claims that the Republicans are saying is, 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 uh, you know, is true or not. And I find that a lot of it, even if, if not all of it is untrue. So, uh, for people who's who are not in Illinois, not in Chicago, uh, this is, this is not the purge. And, uh, just like I did earlier this year, I did a history on Chicago violence. And I suggest people to go back and, and listen to that because I think this, this also puts this into perspective on, uh, on why they're taking advantage of this. Do you think that the response
0: one is, has been adequate to initiatives like this posing as reform bills, uh, that also would, uh, would somehow realize some measure of justice, equality, uh, when it comes to evaluating who gets paroled, who gets a a sentence reduction, uh, that kind of thing. But secondly, this is also the the flip side of the coin seems to be that they're gonna try not to argue about cash bail being an incredible injection of funds uh, that may end up helping uh, prisoners who are not black and Latino.
1: Well, here's the thing. So if this does move the needle, it doesn't move it much. Now, I can appreciate getting rid of the cash bail, which basically helps out, um, you know, the poor, you know, poor people who are, you know, who are detained uh, for low level offenses, you know, for nonviolent crimes. But um, it doesn't it, it still does not uh, get rid of the structural racism that uh, that still plagues. The, uh, the criminal justice system, because of the fact that um, a lot of it still uh, uh, harps on uh, who can be detained and on, under what crimes can, you know, can you be detained under, and it still doesn't solve the, the, the structural, uh, because it's supposed to basically help out, you know, poor non-white people, especially black people in the situation, but it does not it does not structurally help them out socially because, you know, black folks, as far as the economic, you know, ladder, we're still at the bottom of it as far as, you know, uh, how much income, you know, we draw and to, and to an extent too, I remember uh, reading something where, um, black people in this country, uh, less than 20% of them, uh, have a savings, uh of of at least a thousand dollars. That means uh you can get a thousand dollars uh out of wherever you get you know, have a thousand dollars as available cash, you know, to spend and, and less than twenty percent of black people have that particular type of uh savings. So yeah, it it, it if it does move the needle, which I don't think it moves the needle much.
0: Well, I see an opportunity here for black banking institutions uh, and credit unions, and this may sound outlandish, to launch the cash bail account. (laughs) You know, you should have a savings, and if people don't want to respond to it that way, they can respond to it by saying, in the event that I get uh, arrested or threatening with with jail, I should have some money. This is a, I don't know if this sounds so preposterous, but people have to be practical about things. You should have some kind of cash bail money available and seriously think about it. And the banks should not be ashamed to say, we are launching the cash bail account. So in any event, it may sound a little crazy now, but in another couple of years, it would appeal to people because it's, it's a logical uh, response to a real problem. Really it is. It's good to talk to you again. Thanks so much for calling in and sharing um, your opinion with us. Good to hear from you. <laughs> Thank you. Who's up next? Wanting to share a view uh, that you don't think many people would would probably agree, but you have a special insight that you'd like to share. You are on the air, sir. Or madam, (laughs) whichever. Give us a call and let us know who's on the air and what you're going to be talking about. There's so much that happened in the interim when we weren't in touch with each other. I thought you would save it up, and by the time we signal that we're okay again, that we have a flood of topics to talk about to raise people's awareness from your particular perspective. Do you have such a perspective on an issue that you think needs to be discussed? More widely, give us a call at 888-874-4888. It's crazy what's going on here, but it's been like that for quite a while. We have seen society as a whole take all these twists and turns, but one of the things that remains shockingly the same, or almost the same, is the fact that the structure uh, we talked uh, just not too long ago on this same program about the structural changes. There hasn't been very much change structurally. And so we, we are encouraged to think that in the meantime, with time going by, changes have taken place and for the better. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think we have gone along with the idea that there has been change. I don't think we've looked more closely at the nature of such claimed change. Because if we do take that that closer look, we'll find that we've been had. We've been, as the saying goes, we've been bamboozled. Who's up next at 888-874-4888? I was unable to locate. Now, I must have at least six sets of headphones around here. And I couldn't find not one good pair to use today. So we're doing radio the the elemental way. But I'm hearing you and re-listening to you at 888 874 Is Jeremiah back with us?
3: No, Jeremiah's not back. You have Jackie from Brooklyn.
0: Jackie from Brooklyn, you're on the air.
3: Hello?
2: Hello, you all here I missed you. I missed the listening family, so good afternoon to you and to the listening family okay you so I'm I'm, I'm, i I just uh, to too many things to talk about um I was thinking about you every day when they came out with some new news briefing on all this different stuff. but I'll try to stick to just one topic today. I wanted to uh, follow up on um with the brother from Chicago, I forgot his name that fast, but Henry, uh, was talking about, about the bail reform because here in New York, uh, they've tried that and they have moved to um, cashless bail, but well, they don't call it cashless bail, but they call it bail reform here. But the issue here is that um, a lot of people are released without the need to post bail. And if any of those persons that were released while out on bail commit any further alleged acts or crimes, uh, then the, the uh, newspapers just go wild, you know, because, Oh, this is why this doesn't work. Uh, uh, it's in addition to what Henry was saying, you know, they're using that as a basis for all people, uh, to not be given the opportunity to be released. Uh, I hope and pray that uh, in Chicago, the Cook County Bar association and national Bar association, they have various bar associations that represent people of color. And I hope that they would do some type of community education. The same thing applies here in New York. As far as I know, there's been no community education here either uh, about this cashless bill. But the problem here, and I guess it'll start in Chicago, is that the judges are attacked. You know, this judge is soft on crime and judge-wide let somebody go. But the judges are controlled by the state legislature and what the law is at the time that these people appear before them. So there has to be um, community education. There has to be an awareness of what that means. And uh, I, you know, I agree with you that the whole structure has to be evaluated and change not only the so-called criminal justice system, but the entire structure. Uh, one more thing I wanted to bring up. I heard the other day that the police unions are pushing for some type of law where there will be a, a law. I don't know if it's going to be statewide or federal saying that if you're a police officer or a peace officer, then you should be accorded some constitutional rights, which I find just Uh, outrageous and at the same time ridiculous because a police officer and a peace officer is is an employment. It's a job. Um, It's not the same thing as someone who has constitutional rights under, you know, the United States constitution and the law of the land. But it's my understanding that there's some movement afoot to, uh, to try to get some constitutional protection of police officers. I don't know if anyone else has heard about that. But in um, what way would they get this constitutional
0: protection? What what is going to be? my understanding that
2: the police unions are pushing for an enactment of laws that say if you are a police officer and certain conduct that you're engaging in, in that, you know in that role, that you have some constitutional protections from being sued and being, uh, I guess, prosecuted. So I don't know, but we have to keep our ear to the ground on that one, because that's a little outrageous. And then uh, this morning I heard uh, there's a movement afoot to nationalize uh, anti-abortions, to not leave it up to states' rights, but to make it a federal law. Former um, Vice President Pence, he's one of the uh, proponents of this, that there'd be a federal law uh Against uh, women having abortions after a certain number of weeks in all states. So um, you know, I mean, you'll be you'll be able to go on to 2025 just talking about the current issues <laughs> that's going on. But I'm not laughing because it's funny. I'm laughing. No, I, I'm I laughing. understand. It's ironic. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I'm. Yeah. I'm just chuckling out of frustration but welcome back welcome 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 we missed you we missed your you voices. too missed i you. missed you too i missed you all yes yeah so someday we'll hopefully we can all gather somewhere have a, a some meeting place where we can have a retreat and everybody come together and uh you know that would be fun and that would be very informative I was sorry to hear about Sister Ava Muhammad uh, in Chicago, because I used to look at her on YouTube. Wonderful teacher and a wonderful preacher. I didn't know that she had made her transition to paradise. But, you know, these people that stand for righteousness, they will go on and their words and their work will go on, too. So it's wonderful to hear from you. I'm going to get off so somebody else can get in. And be well, and I'll talk to you soon. Okay. I'm glad you
0: called. Good to hear your voice. And certainly good to hear your point of view, your points of view. Thank you. 888-874-4888. We're back with each other. We got Ed and from Queens. Trying to make up for lost time. Ed from, Ed, you're on the air.
3: Hey, hey, hey. welcome back. Welcome Thank back. You are sorely missed. You. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ray. You were definitely missed. It's, it's, it's good to hear you again. I even tried to reach out to you on a couple of occasions. I don't know if you got the message, but uh, welcome back. It's, it's good to hear from Thank you. Thank you. How are you? It's, I'll maintain it, you know, me and the thumbs still here, still hanging. (laughs) (laughs) More precariously than ever. (laughs) uh, It's good to have the forum back. It's good to be able to to voice my opinions and my views and to have some good intellectual radio. I'll say it once. I'll say it a thousand times. You are probably the best thing. What What do you mean probably? Definitely, excuse me. Forgive my <laughs> forgive my impotence. Definitely the best thing on radio <laughs> as it stands <laughs> in, the, in the terrestrial in the terrestrial world. Uh, uh, that being said, you were talking about uh the, the change or the lack thereof. I, yes. I I tend to agree with you. I think we're being sold a bill of goods. Uh it's more rhetoric and hype than anything else. I've said it before. I'll say it a hundred times. We're, we're, we're our leadership is less than lacking, and uh, as we proceed to the midterm elections, and in uh, another two years to the new presidential elections, I, I I feel sorry for this country because I don't think that we're we're in a decline that I don't see any way we're coming out of it. So, uh, as I've always said, politics is local. I've tried to involve myself locally more and more, working on the Board of Elections here, uh, trying to find some local candidates that are good for the community and lending them my support. Jermaine Williams is one person. There's another mm-hmm. councilman, councilwoman in Queens that I've been working with. I, I can't recall her name right now, but I've been on her website and been to some of her... Uh, some of her online meetings. But other than that, I mean, as far as national politics, I really don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. Do you know
0: of a, a black outfit that features several different people in different uh, areas of expertise as consultants to, people who wish to enter into the political realm and to get them prepared to have them start working early and advising them of what it is they need to do to become potent candidates?
3: Honestly, no. I don't see any outfit that is is, uh, specifically geared or dedicated to building an institution of that nature, even though it's sorely needed. Um, I mean, the poor people's campaign is trying to do something along those lines, but they're they're try- Their their aim is wide, and to uh, to have an institution or, or an organization like that, you need to have a narrow focus. And leadership development is is, is sorely missing up in the black community, and in the political community at large. Uh, I'm not aware of any specific organization dedicated to cultivating candidates and giving you someone to vote for. Cause once you have the vote, if you have no one to vote for, then the vote is primarily useless. If you don't have someone that represents your platforms, you don't have someone that's that's representing your interest and the interest of your community. Then, then a vote is useless because there's no, I don't believe in the lesser of two evils. evil is evil. So, I mean, the, the, we need institutions like that. But I don't, think, I don't think the public has the wherewithal to dedicate to, the, to, dedicate to that aspect of politics. I think uh, more needs to be taught, more needs to be uh, organized, and people need to have their, their intellectual level raised to be able to understand that is the, that is the fundamental source of politics. Develop institutions have positive platforms and cultivate people in the community that will stand behind these platforms and, 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 and project your interests politically at large. I don't, I don't think we have that. I don't, I know we don't have it now, and I don't think we have the wherewithal we'll fall to do it in the immediate future.
0: Wow. That's kind of depressing. Uh, because one would look at the flip side of that coin and see so much potential there for growth and for increasing power and control uh, in a particular district or area. It's right there. And what you're finding is that many candidates who shied away, white candidates especially, who shied away from what they called or used to call racial politics are all excited about diving headfirst into racial politics now because people they think are becoming more and more receptive to the 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 dominance of issues over you know personal um, the personal aspects of things. They're becoming more and more used to the idea that we can't be balkanized the way we have been for all these years, but there's potential great. They see great potential for growth in black and Latino communities.
3: I I I, mean, I hear you on that point, but, but like I said, I don't believe the general public I believe the general public has been dumbed down for a considerable, for a considerable amount of years, maybe even a couple of decades in America, and I don't think people understand politics in its largest sense as being politics being the allocation of resources for specific communities because that's fundamentally what politics is. You want to vote for someone who's going to represent your interest, whatever that interest may be, and even though there, there is a lot of hyperbole about specific issues, abortion. Uh, police and poli- defunding the police, uh, you know, g- general, general gentrification. There is no specific, there is no group to my observation that understands how to correlate that and focus a community on that, on those issues and cultivate people that understand those issues that can relate them to the importance of the community and that can motivate a vote. I mean, look at, look at the mayoral uh, election here. Eric Adams didn't win. He did, he did not lose, but he didn't win because up to fifty percent of the people that were able that were eligible to vote didn't vote. So you've got candidates that are running in elections that are not winning. They're just not losing because there's no one else. Or in the whole debacle with ranked choice voting in New York, which I can tell you about because that's when I was primarily doing the poll work. That was a total farce because there was no education. People didn't know how to vote. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot of ignorance in the political communi- in, the, in the political theater at large, and a lot of these candidates depend upon that ignorance to hold on to their political uh, uh, positions, and they don't want to educate the people. If the people really become educated and realize the power of the vote and how to use it, I think we'd be in for a metamorphosis. But I don't see it coming anytime soon. Wow, that's kind of foreboding. Have you lost I it hope? No, I see it. Yes, I mean I don't lose hope. I mean I know that something will change. I might not be around here to see it. <laughs> but wow. I know that something will change. Like I always say, start learning Chinese. I tell all young people, learn Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> learn, Chinese. <laughs> learn, Chinese. learn Chinese. President Ping right. is no joke. Yep. President Ping is no joke. I'm telling you by by the year twenty thirty, most of the global economists say the Richard Wolf, uh, uh, the, the Peter Levine, others, you won't be able to move a piece of merchandise on this planet without a Chinese hand touching it. You understand? The Belt Road Initiative has taken off, and, 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 and the Asian Dragon is coming up. So, Where I mean, do you see at
0: least the suggestion of a, 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 a turnaround? In the way of thinking about
3: the, their local politics, oh, there, there are some potential. I mean, Charles Byrne has had, has some movements in East New York, things of that nature. But as far as local politics, I mean, participation is the key. When you've got night, you've got sixty fifty to sixty percent of the possible voters not voting, an election is a joke because all these people have to do. They correlate their small bases of twenty five hundred yeah, or their small sections yeah. like Floyd Flake used to and, and get those people to come out and and, and they got they know they're a lock for office for years. I mean, you know, you people you you've got to you got to get the, the largest party in America is the non voting party, the people that don't vote. Oh wow. And they, that that percentage could shift any election anywhere. That percentage could have shifted the mayoral election.
0: Yes, it could. That's for sure. Is coalition politics dead?
3: Yes. Unfortunately, I believe so. I don't see it. I don't see. I think the biggest, the last biggest coalition push was the rainbow coalition. And, uh, I was involved in that when I was younger. I think that, uh, that really was a big deal. And, uh, Um, Unfortunately, it lost momentum, but I think that was the last cry for big time coalition politics on a national level.
0: Wow. So you don't, you're not very hopeful about a dramatic change that infuses enthusiasm into this dormant, this large and growing dormant segment of of the political realm. You, you think it's going to get smaller.
3: Well, I'll put it to you this way. I, I'm a mechanic by trade. I work with systems, heating systems, air conditioning systems, refrigeration systems. And there's a, a term in engineering. It's called a usable life or, or planned obsolescence. A system works for, for a number of years and it's efficient and, it's, and, and it does its job. But over a period of time, just by the nature of it being a system that's working, it reaches a point to where you can't make any more repairs. The decay has overwhelmed its ability to perform the task that it needs to do. And I believe that this political system is far too decayed. It's far too corrupt. There's too much money involved in it. There's too much corruption. There's too much uh, uh, self-effacing people who want to be popular than actually serve the public at large. And I think the only way, just like with an old system, you got to get rid of it. you got to start from scratch. you gotta, you got you to put something new. You can't keep on replacing the same compressor. You can't keep on replacing the same expansion valve. Eventually, it's going to fail, and it's going to be a critical failure, and I believe that's where American politics is at at this time, wow. especially on a national level. That's kind of
0: scary. You're scaring us today. Is that <laughs> your role today? Well, <laughs> so
3: I don't. I don't mean to scare him, shake you. a liberal here and scare him to death. You got to stay alert to stay alive. Y'all know what's going on. I mean, you know, yes. we're, we're looking at this midterm election, and and uh, Donald Trump is still a factor, which for no reason he should be. For no reason, I still
0: can't get over the fact that he is still quote legitimate unquote and Jeez. having. Impact.
3: Please, he's a factor in politics. He's a definite factor, and he shouldn't be. By no stretch of logic or imagination, on any level, should this man even be considered uh, anything. And he's still a factor. And you got to remember, seventy-four million Americans voted for this guy, whether you like it or not. And as long as he's still playing a factor in the political spectrum, to me, it's garbage. I mean, he should be under a jail somewhere. Jeez,
0: Ed, you're in fine form today. Thank you for giving us a pricey of several different major points that we really should follow through on because they are they're important and they are legitimate. But we're not hearing these kinds of conversations in our communities. We're not, we're not hearing it. We're not seeing evidence. Of it, but people are understanding more and more about the the unique position that most communities of color are in when it comes to their political choices. Thanks so much. Good to hear from you. Really, you cheered me up. <laughs>
3: Thank you so much. Welcome back. Welcome back. Once again, you were Thank sorely you. missed. Don't go away so long. Thank you. Okay, <laughs> Thank you. I wouldn't.
0: 888 874 4888. It's going very well. We're getting e lots East. of ideas. And we just started to scratch the surface today.
3: We got e what do you Edgewater. have
0: to say? 888 874 4888.
3: Who's up next? E from Edgewater.
0: E from Edgewater, you on the air? Hello? Hello, E. How are you doing?
4: Is it true? You treat lead <laughs> live and kicking. Live That's and kicking right. Of,
0: there's, no the point air. Being in,
4: there's no point in being alive if you're not kicking. That's right. Thank you, Rodney and company, for getting us back together here. Thank yes. you very much. Thank you for that. They, I know they would appreciate
0: being recognized for the They'd work like a team of mules just to to get this thing right.
4: Right. And I'm sure there's forces out there that would like to see us not able to do that. So I know Rodney and company is dealing with a lot of things that we don't know about, but it's very difficult and I'm glad that they're doing such a great job and we're always going to stick by you guys. And as long as it takes, we're going to win this fight. Oh, great. I like that
0: attitude. The fighting's still
4: okay. So, so, what do you so, want to talk uh, to us I,
0: about today?
4: I, I just—I'm I, still having trouble with this so-called war that's going on in the Ukraine, because uh, usually when uh, two countries are at war with each other and they share a, a border, when one country comes and attacks one con- the country next to it then the other country retaliates with a response of attacking back. But I haven't heard one case of Ukraine shooting a missile or a rocket or something back at Russia. It's always Russia's destroying these buildings. Russia attacked the school over here. Russia's uh, threatening to, to blow up this nuclear power plant. But you never hear about Ukraine sending a missile to uh, Moscow. I mean, usually that's how you get to the, to the, to the to peace talks. Because if both countries are, are, are uh, feeling the pain of war by having casualties on both sides, then they want to ha- sit down and let's talk things out. But if it's all on one side, I mean, in Vietnam, the Vietnamese people couldn't, fight back at us in America. They didn't have a military that could fly jets and, and bomb us over here in America. We, we, we had had that advantage of we have all this money and power. We can do, send everybody over there and destroy their country, but they can't do it back to us because they don't share a border with us. This is what I'm saying. But well, well so is, are, you discounting, are you discounting border? what
0: has just happened with uh, Ukraine reclaiming some of uh, the territory that Russia had uh, commandeered and taken over?
4: Ex- exactly. This is why I'm bringing up the point. Again, it's still that Russia's in their country and they're pushing them out of there. They're trying to push them back but they're not attacking russia they're not doing any damage to moscow or any other city yeah, in russia you, know, you so you're talking would... like if you're talking
0: as though they don't have cause to hesitate russia is 11 time zones wide The United States could fit into Russia a couple of times. That's how big it is. People don't realize how huge it is. And they have had the mentality of warfare for a long time. They've been doing war in Europe and in Africa and in other places. They have had a long time to perfect their... Uh, Two things combined, their ideological uh, uh, thinking and their uh, military thinking. So they've, they've been at this for a long time. Ukraine just kind of is trying to creep out of the Dark Ages. They're way behind. And make no mistake... If Ukraine did not get from other sympathetic countries some kind of military support, they wouldn't have been able to even think about taking on Russia in Ukraine. Yes, and there was the The other countries were very you know, hesitant because Russia was like uh, uh, the big bad wolf. Nobody would take it on because it it, it dwarfs everybody. It dwarfs everybody's military. It dwarfs everybody's military equipment. And so it, it, it did for a very long time have hegemony in that part of the world, which is why it could just get its forces aimed at Ukraine, bomb it to heck, and subjugated. But it it seems as if, with the support of the the wider community of the world, that the, the Ukrainians are beginning to get some more confidence in defending themselves and their land.
4: Well, this has been going on for, what, about six months now? And we've been oh. supplying them with billions and billions and billions of dollars worth sure. of weaponry. And I'm not yes. hearing one case of Ukraine sending back some kind of a military force towards the country that's attacking. It just them did and uh, their people. Had, the oh, reports they, are out. They just did. I, and the reason throw, why the Russians back. Can I can I, I finish what I'm saying? Can sure. I finish what I'm saying? because I want to uh-huh. cover what you just, what you just interrupted me about is what I'm trying to focus on. The fact that they're telling us that Ukraine has Russia on the run is to establish that it's, it's, it's valid that we're sending them all of this weapons and money because now they're able to uh, hold themselves together. And now they seem to be winning. This is to give the American people this view of we're not wasting our money just throwing it away on this country that has no ability to fight back against this great force of Russia. They are now standing up and chasing them back. That's to make us think that that there's a, a reason for us giving them these billions and billions of dollars. Where's all the weaponry? How come they're not shooting some rockets at Moscow to end this stupid thing? It's a, it's a genocide on the good people that live in, in Ukraine and they're all in on it. Uh, you're discounting the fact you're discounting the fact Ukraine is compared to Russia. Ukraine is a small country. Well, what about Israel and Palestine? Don't the Palestinian Israel and Palestine is a whole different country. Israel, they don't have any weapons. They still throw rocks, whatever they got. They throwing it back at Israel, and they're a little tiny speck. Compared yes, they're a real tiny group of military, <laughs> but
0: they cannot wage war on the same level as Israel wages against them. They're not there yet. Of course, the the Arab world has not come to Palestine's
4: uh, defense and eight, they're not doing that. But they still make an attempt to fight back on a border where they both share a border and Ukraine and Russia share a border and I'm not hearing anything about Ukraine side doing something back to Russia with all the billions and billions of dollars of help we've given them.
0: Okay, uh, we have to end it there for today. We can, can continue the conversation, but keep in mind, as I said, Russia is even bigger than the United States land-wise. Eleven time zones wide. You cannot yeah. easily manage uh, uh, that kind of war. You can't manage it without just going pure nuclear.
4: Right, and, and they have Russia, to say that... Uh, We've uh, we got to go. We've got to go. And they want us um, to believe that, that Ukraine has them on the run. This, this incredible Okay, force, whatever it is, we'll
0: pick it up again tomorrow.
4: All right, thank you, dear. Have a nice night now.
0: Thank you, and thanks for calling in and contributing today. Let's hook up again
3: tomorrow and do some more talking. Bye-bye.
4: Bye.